Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shame 
step and where I'm going through Which direction I shouldn't go, I look to you I see the light and then it goes dark I feel like I'm falling apart To a million pieces and I don't know where to start As long as I believe that you're there Whatever I do and wherever I go I know that you care And I'm holding on I know that you see Please, oh please Don't let go of me Please, oh please Stay with me Time comes and goes, I'm lost in the fray I feel like I'm losing the way Not knowing where to go, what to do or what to say I feel the strength that break a dawn The night comes, the moment is gone And then you stand beside me And I can move on As long as I believe that you're there Whatever I do and wherever I go I know that you care And I'm holding on I know that you see Please, oh please Don't let go of me Please, oh please Stay with me
waves, they make you stronger. It doesn't come for free. But if you work hard on your faith, I promise you'll see that you'll be feeling so much better. Feels like you're walking on the water. I remember a vision when I was on the gusty sea. My boat was flooding up fast. I couldn't see a thing. I needed superhuman forces of energy to exert. I'm fighting gravity. There's not a chance that I could. You must think that I was drowning. I'm gonna jump out of this boat and walk on the water. Fight with all my soul. Yeah, these struggles make me stronger. It doesn't come for free. But if you work hard.
Good morning and good morning. What is today? Wednesday? Thursday? <laughs> it is, in fact, a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM. <laughs> Sometimes the week feels like uh, it flies by. Other times the week feels like it's uh, crawling. Uh, Yaakov Shweki with both Aish and Yishtabach Shemo. You heard Naftali Blumenthal with Waves of Faith. Eitz Chaim done by Chaim Breyer. Uh, stay with me. Off of the album, Stay With Me, from the Waterbury Yeshiva, Mordechai Shapiro's Lee, and of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. JM and the AM, good morning all. It's Tuesday on this August 7th, day 26, in the month of Menachem Av, the year 5778, Tavshin Ches, 77 degrees outside with 87% humidity, winds are south at 5 miles an hour, mostly sunny, a high of 90 Still in the middle middle of this heat wave here in New York. It was really hot yesterday. We're lucky it wasn't more humid than it was because it was uh, almost unbearable. And with the humidity, it probably would have been unbearable. Um, tonight, partly cloudy, a low 77. And then uh, tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 89 degrees. You were Shalayim at 80 up in Guilford, New York. Our friends at Camp Missora entering the uh, final week of camp. Well, I guess tomorrow would officially be entering the final week of camp. Uh, they're at 66 as they wake up up in Guilford, New York, Camp Missora. We're at 77 here in New York City as we say good morning at um, JM in the AM. Oh, I want to thank listener Mark. He says we're coming in loud and clear in Beersheba, Israel. Excellent. That makes me happy. Yaakov Auerbach is out there in our audience this morning. An exciting day for Yaakov. Today is his birthday. How do you like that? Today is uh, Yaakov Auerbach's birthday. 
And uh, we wish him a very happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yeah. Today's a big day, by the way. Today's a day that many, many people have been uh, speaking about. Today's a day that's been attracting attention. Today's one of those days where I often joke about the paparazzi outside of our studio. Today, we are going to really have paparazzi outside of our studio. Flatbush Girl, just over an hour from now, walks into the JM and the AM Nahum Siegel Network studios. Uh, there's a lot to talk to her about. And she is one of the most influential people in quote-unquote Jewish social media. And um, we'll speak with her about a whole bunch of stuff coming up. So Flatbush Girl Expected plus Jeremy Newberger. The film is called Heading Home, The Tale of Team Israel. Movie's amazing. The mo- if, you, if, you, if you're like me, and those of you who are longtime listeners, you know by now if you're like me or not. If you're like me when it comes to these uh, incredible documentaries about people not only discovering their Judaism but really appreciating their Judaism to whatever degree it is, you are going to love this movie. Oh, boy. I can't say enough about it. Anyway, he'll join us uh, late in the 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. So there's a lot to do. You'll be able to see the entire encounter between me and Flatbush Girl at Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Of course, we call that Facebook Live. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You'll be able to see and hear the entire encounter there. And, of course, on the app and on our website and archives and um, the phone line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, as I mentioned, it's Yaakov Auerbach's birthday today. I wonder what Schleimi Gertner has to say about that. I 
on it. You've created man upon it, and you've blown into my nostrils, living soul. Yes, you give life to the all, for you're the soul of souls. Yes, you're the soul of souls. Just cried in man for we trust and assurance in your pure and faithful land and let my thoughts not trouble no sinful fancy Silent to me, draw me not away with the wicked and the workers of iniquity. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee. When I lift up my hands to thy holy sanctuary. Yes, when I lift up my hands and I pray to be free. Sing a melody, sing a melody. Now the fact alone that we have woken up is proof enough that you believe and trust, and you have faith in us, and you can hear us, and can you hear us? To hear the voice of your people and ourselves describe Oh
תבל, אלפי שנים הם כאן, רק בהבטחת הקל, בעבר ובהווה, בעתיד ובכל זמן, ישראל חי וקיים, למשיח in the AM. That's Avremo, Avram Freed here at JM in the AM. Uh, let's see. Achim Banefesh off of the Kamatov album. Uh, before that, Moshe Hecht with Master of the World. You heard Udi Davidi by request by listener Silky with Tachshov Tov. Tvilas Chuppah done by Yerachmiel in the choir. Shlomi Gertner had both a happy birthday for Yaakov Auerbach and Hands in the Air off of the Serenity album. And you are listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Flatbush Girl expected in the 7 o'clock hour. She's expected to uh, join us here in studio coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Um, she is a, a social media influencer, somebody with a tremendous following and somebody who has just won the right to be on the ballot in the 45th district in Brooklyn, New York for district leader. So, um, we'll speak with her coming up, find out what's happening in advance of the prior. I think the primary is like September 13th. Am I right? I think it's September 13th. So we'll find out what she has to say about that. 
and a whole bunch of other stuff when she visits our studio. You'll be able to watch the entire encounter, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Again, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Galit's on the background. Our news from Israel is coming up and plenty more, of course. By the way, Jeremy Newberger is going to be joining us. He is uh, one of the directors of uh, Heading Home, the Tale of Team Israel. 8 o'clock hour this morning. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio News Next. Shalom Rav, Khan Rani Avnai, Ima Shikore Akshav. Yeri Lever Koch Tzal, Samuch Legeder Amarechet Beazah, Tzal, Takaf, Bitkuva, Katavenu Atzvai, Tzachid Arbush. Tzalafim Patru Beesh Lever Lohamei Tzal, Bitzfon Aretzua, Meemda Shel Hamas, Lonir Shemunif Gain Lechotenu, Bitkuva, Takaf Miyah, Tank Shel Tzal, Etaemda Shel Hamas, Mimena Butza Yeri, Beazah Divru Kishna Mechablim, Nergubat Kifa, Beinatain, Bishuve Otefaza, השגרה נשמרת. והצער לביטחון הפנים גלעד ארדן העריך בשיחה עם רינות צרור בגלי צהל שהאירוע הנוכחי לא יביא להסלמה באזור. אנחנו מקווים כל העת שלא נאלץ להידרדר למערכה רחבה. צהל נציג ומוכן לכל התרחישים. מה שיקרה אם תהיה חס וחלילה מערכה רחבה זה לא מה שהיה בצוק איתן. והחמאס להערכתי לא יוכל להתאושש לאחר מה שיקרה במערכה הבאה. שביתת האחיות במערכת הבריאות. נציגי הסתדרות האחיות נפגשים בשעה זו עם אנשי משרד הבריאות בניסיון להביא לסיום השביתה שהחלה הבוקר. כתבתנו עמית חדד. שביתתן של כ-40 אלף האחיות החל מהשעה שבע הבוקר הביאה לביטולם של לא מעט הליכים רפואיים, כאשר לא נעשות בדיקות רופא ולא נלקחות דגימות דם, מכוני האשפוז סגורים וחדרי הניתוח פועלים במתכונת שבת. היום בצהריים התחדשו המגעים בין הסתדרות האחיות למשרד הבריאות במטרה למנוע את המשך השביתה. העיצומים על איראן, תגובה ראשונה של נשיא ארצות הברית טראמפ מאז הטלת העיצומים, כתבתנו יערה אגם מחורי. ההגבלות החדשות הן החמורות ביותר שהוטלו על איראן אי פעם, כתב הנשיא טראמפ בטוויטר, הוא גם שלח חזרה, כל מי שיעשה עסקים עם איראן לא יעשה עסקים עם ארצות הברית. טראמפ הוסיף לסיום כי הוא חופץ בשלום עולמי ולא פחות מזה. אחרי העיצומים שהוטלו היום, בעוד כשלושה חודשים יוטלו עיצומים חריפים עוד יותר על טהרן בתחומי הנפט והבנקאות. ושר הביטחון ליברמן ברח על חידוש העיצומים. ההסכם האחרון הביא מיליארדי דולרים למשטר האייטולות שהשתמשו בו לא לטובת האזרחים אלא לטובת הטרור ולכן אנחנו תומכים מאוד באותה החלטה של נשיא טראמפ ואני מקווה שגם השלב ב' באותן סנקציות בחודש נובמבר נראה יישום גם שלהם. מדברי ליברמן במהלך סיור בצפון הביא כתבנו גיא ורון. שישה נערים נעצרו בחשד שתקפו נערים הומוסקסואלים בירושלים על רקע נטייתם המינית, כתבתנו מיכל צ'ין. החקירה החלה לאחר קבלת תלונה במשטרה על ידי צעיר אודות קבוצת נערים שתקפו אותו לאחר שקבעו עימו דרך יישומון להיכרויות להומוסקסואלים. בעקבות שתי תלונות נוספות שהתקבלו בעלות אופי דומה נעצרו שישה בני נוער בגילים 15 עד 17. מזג האוויר היום ירידה קלה במידות החום, אבל בסוף השבוע כבר יהיה חם מהרגיל. ולסיום, איך אומרים אפטר בעברית? דובר צה"ל, האקדמיה על הלשון העברית וגלי צה"ל מזמינים את הציבור, ובמיוחד החיילים, להציע חלופה למונח הצה"לי שנשאר איתנו עוד מימי המנדט, אפטר. עד כה הוגשו יותר משלושת אלפים וארבע מאות הצעות, ביניהן חופשון, חפשוש או חפשוש, לילית ויציאונת. הצעות נוספות ניתן עדיין להגיש באתר צה"ל, ואלה החדשות שעורך אילן אהרונוב.
עכשיו בגלי צה"ל, אברי גיל...
J.M. in the A.M. Ari Goldwag, brand new, Lonaf Seaclear Code. Before that, he had the um, Bissimcha selection, 
Call you Mechayah. That was Benny Friedman to open up the 7 o'clock hour. Good morning, everybody. Flatbush Girl expected in studio. You'll be able to watch the entire thing. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. She should, hear, she, she should be here about 25 minutes from now. A lot of people talking about this interview. That's <laughs> funny. It really is funny. You talk about some of the um, incredible personalities we've had in this room. And um, not to take anything away from her. She's a fascinating person. We have a lot to ask her. But she's getting a tremendous amount of attention. And we'll speak with her coming up. Flatbush Girl. Coming up here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, the Mossad is, uh, according to the World is Real News article, the Mossad is responsible for carrying out the assassination of Aziz Esbar, one of Syria's most important rocket scientists. The New York Times has hopped aboard this. What was their headline? New York Times has a headline this morning. A top Syrian scientist is killed and fingers point at Israel. World Israel News says the Mossad carried out the assassination of Aziz Esbar, considered one of Syria's most important rocket scientists, according to a report published Tuesday in the New York Times. Esbar was killed by a car bomb planted by a Mossad agent. According to a a senior official from a Middle Eastern intelligence agency quoted by the New York Times, David Halpfinger and Ronen Bergman. It was reportedly the fourth assassination mission carried out by Israel against an enemy weapons engineer on foreign soil in the past three years, according to the senior official who was quoted by the New York Times. Um, they led a, uh, they reportedly led a, a secret unit called Sector 4 at the Syrian Scientific Studies and Research Center. According to the Times, Esber was said to have free access to the presidential palace in Damascus. Uh, oh, Esbar reportedly led a secret unit called Sector 4 at the Syrian Scientific Studies and Research Center. According to the Times, he was said to have free access to the presidential palace in Damascus and had been collaborating with Major General Qasim Soleimani, commander of Iran's Quds Force, and other Iranians to begin production of precision-guided missiles in Syria by retrofitting heavy Syrian SM-600 Tishreen rockets. The rockets were said to be accurate enough to hit Israeli cities from Lebanon or Syria. Prime Minister Netanyahu has said on numerous occasions that Israel would not permit Syria to deploy these missiles and would take military action if necessary to stop such activity. All right, so the Mossad is um, being cited as responsible for this uh, top Syrian scientist being killed. And uh, that was reported by the New York Times. The United States is restoring sanctions uh, on Iran. They said Monday it was reimposing economic sanctions against Iran that were lifted under a 2015 nuclear accord, ratcheting up pressure on Tehran, but also worsening relations with European allies. The sanctions are a consequence of President Trump's decision to withdraw from an international deal that sought to limit Iran's nuclear program in exchange for easing pressure on the country's shaky economy. The Trump administration is betting that backing out of it uh, will force Iran to shut down its nuclear enrichment efforts, curb its weapons program, and end its, end its support of brutal, brutal governments or uprisings in the Middle East. In a statement, Mr. Trump said the Iranian government faces a choice, either change its threatening, destabilizing behavior and re 
integrate with the global economy or continue down a path of economic isolation. So um, that's reported by the New York Times. So the U.S. administration getting tougher on Iran and our economic allies, or I should say our European allies, seem to be unexcited by that. Uh, don't forget, you can check out the community calendar online. Our community calendar has a lot of the events that we speak about on the air. For instance, if you go to NahumSiegel.com and click on community calendar, the August 12th event, a uh, Veterans Memorial Third Ward concert in Passaic, New Jersey is up there. That is going to star Micha Gammerman. On August 13th in Woodsburg, Shalom Task Force has a spin-to-win ping-pong and barbecue night. Uh, August 14th, a Sharsheret webinar. August 16th in Lach Sheldrake, Amuna's presentation of God Elbaz in concert. August 20th, the ninth annual Cross River Golf and Tennis Outing to benefit Madregos. August 28th, a wine and cheese tasting benefiting the Jerusalem Institute for the Blind. Uh, September the 26th, the start of the two-day Hershey Park Sukkot extravaganza. All this information. In the community calendar section of NahumSiegel.com. Here's Ohad at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with brand new music from Rogers Park. The album is called Petersburg. That one is called Vahari Kosi. Before that, Ohad with Malchuscha. Jam Nam Tuesday, 77 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high of 90 as the heat wave continues in New York. In Yerushalayim, we're at 80 degrees. In Guilford, New York, our friends at Kent Masora waking up to 66 degrees, and we're at 77 here in New York City. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, heading home, the tale of Team Israel. Uh, Jeffrey Newberger is going to join me. He is the, um, I mean, Jeremy Newberger, I apologize. Jeremy Newberger, one of the, uh, one of the um, directors, producers from Ironbound Films. He'll join me about that movie. It's playing tonight twice at the JCC in Manhattan, and I am highly, highly recommending it. I'm giving it... Uh, I'm giving it a grand slam. Yeah, four hits, four bases, grand slam. And the Flatbush Girl is expected in studio in the next few minutes. Flatbush Girl is expected in studio in the next few minutes. She is running for district leader in the 45th district in Brooklyn, New York. And um, we've invited her into our studio. She's expected in the next few minutes. Uh, If you want to watch the entire encounter, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. We will be Facebook living the entire encounter. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonishmas are of Zebedim Yosef Alevi, and Echonishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn, V'nosati l'cham mahalchim v'en ha'omdim ho'eleh. And I will give you those that will travel between those that stay stationary. A malach, an angel, is called by the name of Omed because he remains stationary on his madrega, on his level. Adam, a person, is called holech, travels or goes because he travels from level to level, from madrega to madrega. Each has a particular attribute and also a chisaron, a detriment. The omed, the one that stands, the one that does not travel up or down, he can't ever fall from his madrega. Forever he is stationary in that position. However, the chisaron, the detriment is that he can't be ola madregas, he cannot climb to the next spiritual level. He can't go any higher. If he was created to sing, or to do a particular mission, he cannot change. The mile of Adam, the great attribute of a human being, is that we were created in the Bechina of a Holech, in the category of one who travels. We can ascend from one Madrega, from one level to the next. The detriment, the Chisaron, is that we could also fall from that particular level. One can be Zoha or merit to have both attributes, like Chazal tell us in Perkeavos, the ethics of our fathers. Kolomazakes Arabim, whoever lends merit to the masses, who's ever involved in the community, whoever helps out in the congregation, that tzaddik is Mazaka the Rabbim. They help the community, and then the person has both attributes. He can go up, madrega after madrega, level after level. He has also the promise of, Ein chet ba'al yado. 
that sin will never happen. That's what Rashi tells us in Baloscha, that when a person kindles the Neshamas of Klal Yisrael, he will always go up, he will never go down. As it says, Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, the candle of Hashem is the soul of man. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. That's Miami, of course, with Shalom. It is a Tuesday morning broadcast. Yoni Pollock is uh, going to be joining us. He'll be uh, behind the camera for Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Again, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. And Flatbush Girl is expected in studio any minute. Uh, expected to join us here in uh, what is being labeled by many as a historic encounter. We'll see, in fact, if it does make history uh, when she uh, arrives here in the JMNAM Nahum Single Network studios. Any word from uh, Flatbush Girl? So far not. All right. We'll see what happens. She is expected to join us officially at 740. Uh, but... Um, We'll see if she's uh, with us here in the next few minutes at JM in the AM. Yaakov Shweki is next. You're listening to a Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. מצאתי שתי מילים שיהודים אומרים בכל מקום על מה שכבר היה, מה שעוד לא קרה לא משנה כי זה תמיד יהיה
Tuesday morning broadcast, special guest in studio, one of the most talked about guests before she even got here, Flatbush Girl, who is a, uh, I think we could describe her as a social media sensation, certainly a social media influencer, and uh, somebody who has declared and now officially is running for district leader in the 45th district in Brooklyn, New York, is in our studio on this Tuesday morning here at JM in the AM. Flatbush Girl, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so, so much for having me. A pleasure. And by the way, anybody who wants to... Oh, already I see that you're a you're a very bubbly, funny, funny person, it looks Thank like. You. Anybody who wants to watch this encounter, go to Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Again, uh, this entire thing is being... Um, is being uh, filmed and preserved at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, so if I were to ask you who Flatbush Girl is, what would you say? I would say she's a character um, that uses humor to communicate with her audience and create social commentary. Sometimes we don't see ourselves clearly when we right. just talk about it in plain language, but when we use humor, we can highlight some of the things that make us unique, make us strange, uh, make us amazing. Uh, and basically, I've been using my platform to inspire uh, the younger generation to try and inspire girls. And now it's time to get into politics. Interesting. Uh, yeah, to affect change, right? That's It's one of the ways to affect change in this country, get involved in the political arena. Yes, I think so. Right. Uh, when did you realize at what stage of your life that you had these capabilities, that you had the comedy and combination with the ability to inspire etc etc when did this were you in high school when you discovered this would your family say at the young age of three four or five you were like this already when when did this start this whole thing um okay well it kind of was born out of necessity um i was trying to put my marketing agency out there on instagram everyone has some sort of company on instagram and it was really hard to convert um eyeballs into sales it was hard to you know get followers and I noticed that people posting funny videos were getting a lot more traffic. Hmm. So I said, hmm, if we could take the humor spin, then maybe we can start with humor. You and then... forced yourself to be funny. I did. For the, the cause. Yes. The, the <laughs> real secret is that I'm not funny at all. I'm just observant. Interesting. You you may have just broken the heart of a lot of teenage That's girls right. who follow you. you know? That's all right. I think it's important to you know deconstruct the things they're seeing so that it's not just you know superficial. Because they think you're hilarious. In fact, right. not just teenage girls. There are, there are adults in their fifties and sixties who, in the right. last week, have said to me, I, "I just I listen and watch everything she says. I find her to be so entertaining and just full of you know interesting information and observations, etc." I think that humor, um, what I'm learning, is kind of like a muscle. That the more you practice it, um, the more it just ends up becoming part of you. Hmm. Interesting. Flatbush Girl is here in studio. Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook to watch our Facebook Live video. Are you on any type of social media at this moment? At this second, yeah, I've been documenting as we go. Which means that you're doing what? You're, you're... Every couple of minutes, I'll right. do a 15-second clip and I'll share it with my audience uh, and kind of just let them know what I'm up to. Right. So do people know? That you're here today? Of course people know that they I'm here know. today. I've been telling them last <laughs> night and this morning, and we're telling them right now. And do you have uh, followers around the world? Or because you're a Flatbush girl, the bulk of your following is really, you all know. All over the world. It's all not just Brooklyn-centric. Yes. 
It's mostly, I So think, it's a shame that people outside of Brooklyn can't vote for you. <laughs> I agree with that. If we could convert this election into, you know, Instagram right. district leader, I think I would have an easier time You would winning. do pretty well, huh? Now, details for those who have the fortune of being in your district. Anybody who's in the 45th district, I assume it's the Councilmanic district, right? I assume so. I don't know. The 45th district in Brooklyn, New York, yes. has the right and, and is registered as a Democrat has the right to vote for you on September the 13th. I think that's a Thursday, yes, right? Yes, it's two days after Rosh Hashanah. Right, Thursday, September the 13th, as district leader. Yes. Right now, what do the polls say? Are you are you uh, far ahead of everybody else? Are you you know in the back of the pack? How does it look right well, now? Listen, we're dealing with another district leader who people have never heard her name. Hmm. Um, people say to me, you know, I've been living here for a while. Who like Who are you running against? And I say, well, why don't you know? Right. That's kind of an indication of her involvement. District leader is a volunteer position and um, you have the right to uh, do the bare minimum and you have the right to get very involved. So if you don't know who your current district leader is, then that's an indication of how involved she's been. And I know that people around the world might find this hard to believe in 2018. And I think this is true. You'll tell me. Uh, district leader, it's one male and one female, correct? Yes. Which is really... When you I think, think it's when, amazing. When you think about the USA, it, it, it's so strange that that's how it worked out. But basically, in all these districts in New York, they want one male and one female. And today, that would cause, I guess, some some questions and controversy. That's a separate topic. Right. One male and one female. Right. to be, And you are being voted for independently. It's not like you're running with a male you know, no, uh, no, candidate no, together. You're your independent ticket. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and if you get the most votes in your female category you will yes. be the next district leader yes does this this does not take effect september 13th right i assume it takes effect sometime in the early part of 2019 if you would win right um, i, I believe so yeah you're correct and that means that uh, have you thought about what your first act as district leader will be will it be something dramatic will it be something that will attract hundreds of thousands of people on instagram um i think i'd like to make it clear to my audience that the point of the platform the point of forty thousand people gathering in one spot on one profile is to show my accountability to them so to continuously use opportunities to keep them in the loop have transparency allow them to send direct messages i answer around 400 direct messages a day oh very similar to the president of the united states transparency through twitter and other social media he's very into twitter you're very into instagram so i would like to just you know continue to use the platform to show them you know i'm here i'm staying here this is my main form of communication and you can depend on me flatbush girl is here in studio at jm in the am facebook.com slash nahum siegel network to see the video as it happens here uh, live in our studio. Um, some of the, th- if I was as fascinated with Flatbush Girl as, let's say, my daughters are, okay, I would. <laughs> in fact, one of them said to me, she wonders if you would recognize her, um, her, her, her in- username. Her username. Thank you. Because we probably DM back and forth. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so she asked me to ask you that specifically. Um, but if I was really, you know, daily on a regular basis. Uh, watching Flatbush Girl, I would know that you are into what? What are some of the types of things that really interest you? For instance, someone told me that the other night you were at a Jewish wedding, a really fancy, nice, beautiful Jewish wedding, and that you were lauding the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra. And I'm wondering, are you a Jewish music fan? Like, is that one of the things we would know about you? I love the way you posed the question. That's (laughs) amazing. So one of the ways... um one of the ways that I keep the platform thriving, meaning there's a team behind the scene. It's not just me. Really? There are yes, I have creative team members, I have script writers. Um, 
you know, I have caption helpers, people who help me strategize when to post, how to post. Obviously, I'm, you know, kind of at the head of it, but yeah. I, I need I would think team. at this point, you know when to post and how to post. Well, you know, there's, oh, Instagram is constantly changing its algorithm. It's becoming a very competitive, you know, landscape to be on. And one of the things I do is I'm a social media influencer. Right. This means that I try to create natural content to help promote people's businesses and whatever their careers are. Right. So if I'm uh, if I'm on my Insta story and I'm at a wedding and I'm sort of doing a promotion for Micha Gamerman and Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra, you might be able to get lost in the content and imagine it's just me storytelling or documenting my evening. Right. But if you look closely, you'll notice that the tags and the call to actions are pretty clear. So if you have the antenna for it, you'll also notice that it's a big fat ad. And why Instagram? <laughs> Aren't there big, can't there be big fat ads and success on things like Facebook and Twitter? Not the one million percent. And, oh, there and can I, be. Yeah, there can be. And they're be. experts in that. So Flatbush Girl happens to be on Instagram. Would you say it's the best place for you to be of all the social media? I think out there? that right now within the within the Jewish community, there's a lot of anonymity that you can have on Instagram. Meaning on Facebook, it's kind of hard to have a fake username. Um, Instagram is a little bit more fine-tuned in what kind of profiles they allow you to create. Mm. And then with Instagram, you can just make any name you want. And so there's a lot of people who aren't comfortable with people knowing that they're using social media who are using it. And um, I, I just find that it's you know a huge platform that the Jewish community is using. Interesting. Um, I was told that last night you actually demonstrated how to install the NSN app if somebody would want to hear this conversation. Yes, I did. That's pretty cool. I have to thank you for that. It's my pleasure. I hope people around the world are taking advantage of that service. I hope so. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I remember when I, when this whole fascination with your career started to get to people like me, right? When it, when it, when it that, went that far right. that it already reached someone like me, one of the first videos I saw was you shopping for flowers for Shabbos. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me. And the truth is I could ask my staff because they are, some of the staff members I have are as fascinated as my kids are with you. But why would I or should I be interested that you are now picking out flowers and and deciding which ones to bring into your home for Shabbos? I, I, I love that question. Thank I think you. it's a brilliant question from a psychological point of view. Um, I believe that people have been consuming content over the years. They've been consuming entertainment that's very filtered. And that, oh, we, it's been approved for the air, right? right? And I think that we've become disenchanted and our antennas are up for sensing fakeness. And, and people want a more organic connection to the people they're watching. There's a reason why reality TV took off so hugely, you right. know, just a decade ago. And there's a reason why the Kar people are watching the Kardashians brush their teeth. Right. People want to feel as though they're watching. Right, because they think that that's not they, stage, right? Right, they right. think it's not right. stage. I mean, and it's definitely... Right, and a lot of it is not, right? Exactly. A lot of it is more right. organic than, let's say, just watching a scripted television Correct. show. Um, so I think that it's relaxing for people. Right. People can sit down on their couch and they can feel like there's someone they relate to and someone that reminds them of the things they're going through. And I think the smartest social media influencers are sharing their struggles, obstacles, and plights, not just sharing their their wins. Because this But is purchasing flowers for Shabbos an obstacle or plight? What is well, that? Well, it's more like is it a struggle? It is helps it a... them identify with me as someone who's uh, similar to just them. Just like I will walk on a Friday and decide yes. what looks beautiful on my Shabbat right, table. Right. You're doing the same. It thing. It engenders sympathy, and then my wins and my losses become shared with my audience. Right. Understood. Interesting. Right? Um, I think one other thing, if you people would know about me on social media, is that you know, 
female equality is something really tricky to advocate for within the firm community. Right. Um, you know, it could seem as well, though it's easy to advocate. You just have to get through the trickiness of being condemned. Right. And, exactly. You know, things right. like that. Which I faced a lot of. And yeah. I think that my audience has seen it's not really about just getting attention as a female. It's more about just saying things like our faces, just our right. faces should have more of a, a So I have to say, I applaud, I applaud your efforts um, to, um, uh, to remind the world of the absurdity of women's faces not being in Jewish newspapers. Thank you for saying that, because oh, I, when it comes from a man, it means so much oh, more. It's completely absurd, and I believe... That it is, it is symptom. It, 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 it. Let me put it the right way. I believe it leads uh, symptomatically to a terrible, terrible message to the young ladies in our community. A terrible message, and I don't think it, it is shocking to me that responsible rabbis don't know that. That it, it, it's such a terrible. And in, I mean, you go back to any generation, there were you know women's pictures everywhere, and obviously you know. Anyway, we we could talk about this yeah, for yeah, hours, right, but, exactly. but but you get my point. So I was I very, but you also handled it with humor. You handled it in a very, again, you know, you you, you weren't attacking anybody. You handled it in a very respectful humor. If people remember, many would disagree with. Right, you. they thought it was too strong. Right, I thought it was really <laughs> strategically Thank well you. done. Thank you, but I really can't take all the credit. Like I'm constantly sharing my ideas, bouncing ideas off of my husband. He helps me. So much with helping, you know. If it were just me, it would probably come right. out a lot more. Strong. Would you be Flatbush Girl if if you were not married with two kids? Like, does Flatbush Girl have to be married with two kids? The the generic Flatbush right, the girl, gen, like the like right. the caricature the brand, of it, right. the, the brand. brand. Like, could you could a single woman in the Flatbush community do what you're doing? I wonder. You know, it's it's amazing what you're pointing out. I think that in the community, that singles face a very hard time being stigmatized, correct, and discriminated against as maybe having failed through the shidduchs process mm -hmm. which is so sad and tragic i think that at the end of the day when people um you know try to make fun of me um when they can fall back on the fact that i've been married for 13 years and that i have two kids um it kind of gives a little bit more credibility and i i appreciate that it gives my you know the points that i try to make more credibility but at the same time it is a it's a sad observation no question about it flatbush girl is here and this is america's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world in the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel network and of course in the beloved NSN app and I welcome all of um, Flatbush Girls followers who are now uh, viewing our Facebook live video at this moment we should mention in the conversation we had moments ago about district leader September the 13th we should mention attention carefully all the people out there in the 45th district in Brooklyn the name you're looking for on the ballot is not Flatbush Girl. You are not looking to vote for Flatbush Girl. That'd be too easy, right? right. You, you wish it was, Frank. I wish. The I, I, I'm going <laughs> to legally change my name to that. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you should make a big ceremony, you know, the whole thing. The name you're looking for is Adina Sash, and that is, in fact, your real name. It's not yes. like you've made that one up. Yes. Adina Sash. So when you go into the uh, polls and you fill out your ballots... Uh, you look for the name Adina Sash in Brooklyn, New York, and that's happening on September the 13th. I'm sure we'll remind you between now and then. Um, all right, so we mentioned about being married with two kids. I have a couple of questions for you. First of all, is it a good idea to be married at the age of 18? I love this question. <laughs> wow, I love it. When do you think of these questions? Because I think it, I got married almost 27. 
And I, and I always say to myself, what would have been if, in fact, I would have, you know, met my Bashert at 18, 19, 20, whatever age you want to, you know, everyone plays that game, I'm sure. Um, did it enhance your life in, in a way that you have no, that you have, that you don't sit and wonder what it would have been like if you were a little older, having been married at 18? Wow. Um, are you sure your listeners can handle the answer? I would hope so. <laughs> and it's funny what you just said about the uh, stigma of singles. Maybe you would say it's much better. Thank God I married at 18 and wasn't looking for somebody at the age of 30. You might say that. Right, I don't know. right. Um, I think that everyone, I, I mean, I, with, I'm going to just preface it by saying there's pros and cons to everything. Right. Um, but I don't want to be too parv. I think parv is meaningless. So I'm just going to say that. I parv think, doesn't taste good, does it? Parv is just boring. I mean, think of parv ice cream. It's like, eh. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I think that when you uh, grow together with someone, that you're able to, you know, kind of have more of an open-mindedness that we're both, we're just two humans in a relationship and that, um, you know, we don't have to modify and adjust to what we're already familiar with because we're still just so young. Right. Um, so I think that's a great a, point. A, right. Great um, point. And I would argue that that growth can begin at 18 or can begin at 25 or whatever, you know, as definitely. long as you're open and willing right. to, to grow up together, so to right. speak, no matter when it is. Um, I think that the system is, is interesting. I think there's pros and cons to it. Um, I think that we are seeing a shift in more modern circles where people are dating for longer. They could even be dating for like, you know, six months, which back in the day, like, you know, for me, like 13 years ago, like that was like Can a Can I long ask time. you went to high school? I went to Manhattan High School. Hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I went to BYU Elementary. Um, I touched in Yiddish for 10 years. Very shissin, anfang in the beginning. And then you left Brooklyn and went to Manhattan. Yes, and I was the only girl from my elementary class who went to Manhattan High School, and it was... Do you have friends from high school still? I do, of course I do, yes. But I have lost many friends along the way of becoming Flatbush Girl. I think that a lot of friends in my close circle um, kind of couldn't distinguish between the character and myself, mm. and it made them somewhat uncomfortable. Is your husband ever uncomfortable? Um, he is my rock. He is always, he just he's he my went, compass. He went with this the whole way. Yes. No he, problem. He, and he's scripted most of my videos and I really I don't I don't really do anything without asking him his opinion. Not for permission. Right. <laughs> but because um But his assistance. Yeah. Right. You you don't look like you're scripted. It's funny. Unless you have a really good memory. Well, you don't look you like You know what it is? It's more like when we make scripted videos. Right. It's not so much like oh what should right, the I the general ones. Yeah. Shopping for flowers won't be scripted. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Interesting. And the kids, I don't know how old they are, but are they cool with Nine the and three. Are they cool so, with the whole thing? This is, great... is their school cool with the whole thing? I know that's always an issue in Brooklyn. Right. The way schools view what you do as parents right. or don't do as parents. Right. Or what you have in your home or don't have in your home. And you can't tell anybody that you don't have a smartphone. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know, Flappish Girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> So um, how do you handle that? Let's just say, every for me, life is about dance, dancing delicately. And um, I've just been fortunate to have... Um, Hanhala, who understands that the goal is not just about attention, um, but the goal is more about uh, creating a platform to create positive change and influence. So I'm very appreciative. It happens to be that my nine-year-old son, Ruvin, is really like a Yotze Menaklal kind of kid. Is he in a school we would have heard of? Don't say the name, but is he in a school we would have oh, heard yeah, of? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mainstream type yeah, Brooklyn yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, in terms of what you're saying, you know, with the kids, I think it's it's... It's scary to think about the ways in which many social media influencers exploit their children right. for Instagram. So my son, Rubin, actually gets paid $20 per 
per Insta story that he's featured in, and he sends me an invoice at the end of the day. How how quickly do you need to pay him? Oh, right away. He, uh, and if I don't pay yeah, He doesn't wait, huh? No, he does not. He, he gets his men after you. Yes. And he's he like, knows where you live. Exactly. And if, if, I, if I don't pay him, he goes, that's child exploitation. And interesting, you're very open about the fact that what you're doing, and I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I let it slide when you said it earlier in the conversation, but now it's a good opportunity. You're very open about the fact that so much of this is sponsored and ads, and when you are at a specific, like if you would walk into a restaurant, we could assume that that restaurant has some type of business arrangement with you if you're doing it as an Insta story. True, but I try to tell the audience, try to just sit back and relax because, you know, most of it is spontaneous. Right. Most of those Insta stories are, you know, natural interactions that are happening. Yes, I'm motivated to do it because there's a financial exchange, and this is how I allow the platform to thrive. This is how right. I handle answering 400 DMs a day. If I had a nine-to-five job, I can't answer 400 DMs a day. Right. Um, and I try to say, you know, try to just enjoy, sit back and relax. If you happen to consume the ad part of it, then great. And if not, there's no pressure. Understood. Flatbush Girl is here, JM and the AM Tuesday. Um, do you feel a responsibility at all? to inspire people in a religious sense, in a spiritual sense. Now, again, I, I'm not as familiar as others here with, you know, all the stories you do, but is there a time when you would, you know, speak, especially now we've got, you know, a big part of the year coming up, a yontif, et cetera. Is there a time where you would actually spend some of your time with your public talking about deeper issues? Yes. Um, one of the things I've been trying to get the audience to recognize is that there's nuance. So a lot of times I'll promote or or show that I'm more my views are more aligned with um, someone more what we would call open-minded. Right. And then I get a lot of support from the more liberal part of the audience. But then I started to notice a trend where they were very intolerant of the more writer side. And I said, this cannot, this cannot continue. And so I interviewed Rabbi Mizrahi and I shared um, some of his more, you know, fire and brimstone opinions about things. I just saw you yeah, I would not, clench up. I would not have interviewed him. Okay, I, I was shocked see. you did, frankly. Thank you. I mean... I thank you. What I mean to say is I'm happy you're shocked because my only goal is to jolt the brain into asking oneself, why are we more tolerant of one type of person versus another? If you would like them to be more open-minded to you, how can you not offer them that same courtesy? All right. Now, now, I don't know how far to go on this, but I'll say the following. Number one, there are really, really responsible rabbis out there, leaders that could have guided you differently in that situation, which you don't necessarily have to listen to. I don't listen to everything everyone tells me. Uh, and secondly, I would say that that when, when someone gives the impression that they know how God thinks, I start to be suspicious. So that that's, you know... I hear what you're you, saying. You get what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. I mean, there are, of course, there are some, whatever, we can, yeah, we can go on all Yeah, exactly. All another, another show we can it's do just, on this. The point is to get comfortable within right. the gray. But that's not, see, I asked you about deeper issues. You're so, talking about conflict in the community, which I get, and you want to well, be somebody who brings everyone together. That. It bleeds into that. Because I, these spiritual issues are divisive and need to be a little bit more uniting, you're exactly. saying. Exactly. And the, you know, this whole concept of off the derrick is right. becoming like, you know, very difficult to ignore. Right. Um, and See, I would consider, by the way, I'm sorry to... No, please. I would consider, and people are going to think this is outrageous, but there are people out there who know me for, you know, many decades, so maybe they'll they'll give me the, uh, you know, cut me a little slack. I believe that things like the ban on female pictures leads to girls finding other alternatives spiritually. 
I'm so grateful that you're saying that. Thank you for recognizing Because people that. may think that's nuts. You know, what are you talking about? How could it? And I'm telling you, especially in this era, yeah. look at the era we're right. in, where there's so many choices for kids to go to. There's so many ways for people yeah. to express themselves and find themselves, so to mm-hmm. speak. And instead of instead of making them feel included, it's, it just doesn't work. That's it's, really amazing that you have that perspective. And well, that you feel comfortable sharing it with your audience. I think that's amazing. Well, look, you've gotten it out of me. How do you like that? <laughs> They're all going to credit Flatbush Girl. Uh, those of you who are in the 45th district in Brooklyn, New York, it is rare that we encourage people to vote for one candidate over another. But after all, you have 40,000 followers. You Thank know, you. And you told everybody to install our app. You know what I'm saying? So, you You'll be look- getting an invoice. <laughs> Your son will make sure of it, huh? You you are looking for the name Adina Sash. Adina Sash on your ballot. Adina Sash is the name you're looking for on September the 13th. Is 40,000 the number? Like if you had 15,000 or when you had 10,000, were you able to do what you're doing? Or you had to get to a certain plateau before Flatbush Girl could really monetize this and create what you've created? I think it's about selling it to the client in a way for them to understand that this is a deep audience, meaning it's not widespread that you can't convert it to foot traffic into your store. Um, And so really, I think that micro influencers nowadays, people with even 2000 followers, sometimes when a message is coming from your friend, that could be so powerful to influence their choices. So I don't think it's so much about the number, but about the depth of the audience, not the width, the depth. Right. And so what some would call a niche audience. Frankly. Yeah, right. exactly. And and honestly, for me, it's really not about the number. Like I happen to grow more slowly than other people. Uh, I'm not I mean, you know, I, I don't grow so fast. Um, and for me, it's really not about that. For me, it's about that one person in the audience who's who really gets what I'm saying. Are there people on social media that you admire? Like, are there one or two people that you either, you know, follow intently because you like their strategy or people that are doing, you know, again, deeper issues or important issues that you say to yourself, you know, this is somebody that I'm, that I want to pay careful attention to. Unfortunately, Aside from us, of course. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have yet to see the female demographic on Instagram really uniting for causes um, that really create change. Um, I'm seeing too much of a pattern of females only feeling comfortable with cooking, with fashion, with makeup, with shaitals, and they don't feel comfortable um, venturing out into commenting about more important social issues. And I understand them. I Does that un- include Israel? Like attitude? Yes. Towards- yes. And I and I understand them because what what's going on on social media is that the negative voices are very loud. Right. People are using anonymous, right. you know, usernames, and it's very intimidating to get hate and hateful comments on your page. So I get that they they don't want to be in that. Um, but I think if there's no hate, then how can you ever how can you ever jolt people? Right. So. Um, Unfortunately, I don't look around and I'm not inspired by what I see going on on Instagram. And and I have a very far way to go as well. I'm not necessarily looking at well, myself. I'm like- glad you brought that up because I would say that, in, again, in the times that I've seen you, I have seen fashion, you know, themes. Right. I mean, I've seen you either either shop for or try on or 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 tour the neighborhood for a wedding dress or a wedding gown or a gown to wear at a wedding wasn't there an episode wasn't there an episode like that where you actually were were shopping am i wrong it was probably an ad 
was an ad. Okay, but, but you did it. <laughs> right, right, of course. Right. Well, but if but there's messages behind the skits. So I'm communicating in ways that people are familiar with. They're right. familiar with shaitels. I use shaitels all the time as a car bun in my videos. Cooking also? What do you mean? Yes, definitely. Like burning things, trying to cook something for my husband and then it burning and showing his reaction. Meaning, so I'm trying to use familiar frames of reference, but I'm trying to get to a a thesis. There's, there's, there's what to analyze. Right. Do you, uh, are are you posting from what we call here, uh, Havdalah till candle lighting? Are you posting, you know, from the moment Shabbos is over until you're taking pictures of your Shabbos It's very table. easy to get that impression because it's as though I'm kind of documenting a little bit in the morning, afternoon, night. You know, it kind of comes full circle. So it's easy to imagine that's, that's all my life is comprised of. But um, don't forget, there's 24 hours in a day. Right. These clips are only 15 seconds long. So the you do story. sleep and your husband does sleep and... It does well, I op- definitely don't sleep right. because lately with the, with the whole political sphere. But it does but- operate somewhat like a normal Jewish family. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you have your favorite places to shop for food? Forget about the ads for a second. Do you I, have- I was just thinking, who do I, who right. do I owe loyalty to? Who do you need to push, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking like we do here. <laughs> I love that. The challenge a- is to make it entertaining. <laughs> do right? you have a favorite restaurant? You don't have eating restrictions, right? You're not like a... You're not like a uh, vegetarian. No, absolutely uh, not. You, you eat it all. I love it. I, I actually, I'm a, I'm a real foodie. I mix everything. My favorite thing to eat, my audience knows, yeah. gefilte fish and crane, seven days a week. My favorite food. And it has to be what type of gefilte? Anything. Like one of those sweet frozen loaves? Uh, well, I prefer the loaves. You pre- and I pre- you prefer it sweet? Anything. I just I'd like. I just love gefilte fish with the carrot. And I love on Shabbos chalent with a big piece of marble cake. Mixed together to me, like that combination is incredible. What do you mean mixed together? Like pieces mushed, you know. Marble cake in the chunk. Yes, it's very good. Or seven layer cake. That's a recipe that I don't think we've found in any of the <laughs> hundreds of, of Jewish cookbooks out there. <laughs> Chocolate and chalun is a really good combination. I've heard of Coca Cola and chalun. Have you? I've never yeah. heard of that. But I've never heard of not a. a as I've never heard of a dessert item inside the. No, chunk. not well, not cooking it in. Right, the, but but mashing it into it once yeah, the chunks complete. Chunks. It's really good. Interesting. And um, and it's only chrein with the gefilte fish? You're not going to go with mayonnaise? Oh, yeah, chrein, mayo. But, but the chrein is the icker. Right. <laughs> have you heard about this horseradish mustard that's out there? I have not. Yeah. Is that pun- one of your sponsors? It's not a sponsor, but I've, I've been very, very into mustard recently. I had eight really? mustards on my Shabbos table this week. Wow, nice. Yeah, and I'm trying to, I'm, I, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, condiment, you know. Are you aware of that? I mean, <laughs> it happens to be that mustard powder is very powerful in dishes. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, we should we should read about the mustard seed. Yes, that, and uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was in touch with Seth Levitt of A&H uh, Hot Dogs. Okay. And I said to him, I'm very into this stone ground mustard, which is so sharp. And he goes, yeah, because it's got the most mustard seed of all the mustard. So there you go. You see, I, I stumbled upon your observation. Well, is it like a craving you're having for the mustard seed? I'm not sure. I, I sort of discovered it. It's, it's it, it reminds me of about 10, 15 years ago when I discovered that I don't only enjoy hot dogs with mustard, I'll eat hot dogs with ketchup as well. Blasphemy. How do you like that? I'll tell you another one that will shock you. You ready for this one? Yes. Before the age of 40, I had maybe three bananas in my life. And since, including this morning, since 40, I've had hundreds and hundreds of bananas. I, I yeah. developed a taste for bananas. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you explain that? I think that is an indication of your open-mindedness yeah. to 
evolving. Interesting. You're not stubborn and stuck in your ways. How do you like that? Most people in this room will probably disagree with that. But but at least when it comes to food, maybe I'm a little bit more flexible. Adina Sash is the name you're looking for. 45th District in Brooklyn, New York on September 13th at 9 p.m. There's going to be quite a celebration. Have you yes. decided where the celebration will be? I already have a celebration going on, whether I'm victorious well, or course. not. of course, yeah. Yes, there's going to be a big event. We're having a big celebration. Will We're, it be in Flatbush? It will be in Flatbush. We are <laughs> going to celebrate. We're going to be wearing gowns and makeup. We're going to make it glamorous so that, so that from a superficial perspective, people are entertained by watching it. You know, you have to have the cover. The cover screen always has to look Correct. a certain way. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. So you want to affect change in every way possible. One of the ways to do it is to become a political figure. Uh, have you gotten a lot of support from the quote unquote established political leaders in Brooklyn, New York? I have not. I have actually met with quite a few of them and all of them have told me that they will not be the first to endorse me. If I could convince one other one to endorse me, they won't be the Nachshon Ben Aminadav. They won't jump in. No, they will not jump in because they don't want to risk any harm to their political career. Wow, and they've been I, open with you about this. Um, right, and I, to which I really am very disappointed. I can imagine. I think that being an elected official is not just about securing your paycheck. Uh, I think that it is an opportunity to affect change, and especially if you see another um, Orthodox female trying to get into the realm, not because I want you to throw me a bone, but because where else are our female Orthodox role models? Now, you don't have to think I'm a role model on all levels, but just from the gutsy level, just from having the nerve to say it's okay, it's okay to go into a man's world and still juggle being Aisha Israel and a mother, uh, you know, to, I think that that's an important thing for, for the men to support. Um, so it was really disappointing. Uh, I, I understand Do now. Do they realize if they'd endorse you, they'd have 40,000 people who would really be I it? I tried to impress that <laughs> upon them, but they, they operate out of fear and look for the risk rather than the, the benefit. Right. Um, yes, it is quite disappointing. Have, but you, ever, have you ever met Judge Ruchi Fryer? She is incredible. She You've is, met her? Yes. Uh, what do you think? Well, you say she's incredible, but give me some details. What do you what think What I her? think is incredible about her is that she kept persevering despite the backlash. Also a support of her husband, I assume. Yeah. Oh, right. I guess that's an integral right. Uh, that. Right, component. Um, I just think to be able to continue persevering against the pushback uh, is an amazing quality. There's a documentary about her now. It's 93 Queen. Yeah, which I'm very, very interested in seeing. I wonder if any documentarian out there would feel that Flatbush Girl would be the subject of a good documentary. I actually have a little documentary coming out regarding the race. Uh, Brick TV is going to be following me as I campaign door to door uh, and over, you know, going to different events, fundraising events. And on the night of the election, they're they're going to be with me as we uh, get the final result. How many doors do you have to knock on in your district? How many doors are there in your district? Based on my analysis uh, regarding the voters who are mo most likely to already show up, we're only talking about maybe maybe a thousand or two thousand doors can right. be can just be the make it or break it and number. That, and that, of course, as so many have learned. Uh, is the key to the election, meeting as many people door. personally. It's the leather. Well. It's yeah. the boots on the ground. Exactly. Um, and uh, I've created even like, I, I've been giving to all the people I knock on their doors, I've been giving them magnets with my phone number on it um, so that they feel as though they have a direct line of communication with the person that they might be elected. Meaning cell phone number. Well, I, I mean, I have it through Google Voice, right. 
But, you know, they, that way, you know, they can just call me, any, whatever is going on. If they can't reach a local elected official, if someone's blocking their driveway. You don't have that magnet with you, do you? Uh, I don't, but I will, I will give one to you. When, well, not for me. It's for Yoni. I want to make oh, sure he can reach does you. Does he live in the 45th district? No, but I want to make sure he can reach you whenever we need to. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you could always DM me also. Yoni, you know how to do that? You know how DM works? He says yes. Okay, good. Um, finally, Flatbush Girl. Uh, I have uh, only somewhat joked over the years, because I'm doing this quite a long time, and I've, I've only um, uh, half-jokingly said this over the years, that when we have certain guests in studio, uh, the paparazzi lines up outside, to, and, and it's happened. It's happened where people realize, because someone's live, right. that it happened in our Jersey City studio, and it happens here, of course. Uh, but today, it's no joke. Today, I know for a fact that there are people who specifically are going to be outside because they heard you're going to be in this neighborhood this I cannot morning. wait to take a selfie. Yeah, now, now I hope they really show up. <laughs> now, now I hope they're really on the sidewalk. I think they, I think they will be. That's uh, awesome. I hope they don't mistime it, if you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, you've got quite a following, and it's uh, and it's pretty interesting. And if you'd go, do you fly to Israel ever? Yeah, of course. Okay, and have you documented your trips to Israel? Yes, I have. Which and that's that's in all seriousness, that's really spontaneous. I mean, that's you know, you don't have sponsors in Israel that are. I actually had a sponsor in Israel. <laughs> okay, but that's the <laughs> exception. I'm saying that that the majority of that trip was was really you and your family. I would assume, right? Well, there were a few sponsorships. It was not. I was motivated for you know for the spiritual aspect of it. You know, to be able to show our children the, our birthright. Um, but while we were there, people reached out and had I said, "Oh, I, I didn't realize you were here," and then asked if you know we could collaborate on a story. Um, excuse my curiosity. Sure, I would love you to ask. Are you college educated? I have a master's in medieval literature. You're serious. I am serious. When you were married, you went for a master's in medieval literature. Yes. Brooklyn College? Yes. And I graduated at the 4.0. And I was inducted into Phi Beta Kappa. <laughs> so you and I could have a cursory conversation about medieval literature. Yes, Chaucer, the Pearl Poet, Gowing in the Green Knight, Arthur, you know, all of that. Wow, that's impressive, I must say. You. Have you revisited that topic, that genre, since you've graduated and gotten your master's? Yes, I have. I think In your spare time, you would you would feel the Shabbos need? Shabbos afternoon on the couch. Seriously? Yes. What else is on your Shabbos reading list besides that? Um, the newspapers that don't show women's faces. You do read So them. I can get my little venting out, right. you know? It's therapeutic. You can be infuriated. It's cathartic. So when you see a, a when you see that a couple is being honored, yet they show the face of the man and nobody else in the picture, right. that would be one of the ways you would vent and it would be exactly. cathartic for you. Exactly. Right. And you know, I, I have to, I, and I feel like I get more schar from not ripping the newspaper right. on Shabbos. Right. So I like to put myself in that situation because like, right. I just get... Another More example. In the world to come. An another example, if I may. When you see a Pesach program with seven male speakers and three female speakers, and you see seven photos in that ad, another opportunity for you to to discuss in your own head the absurdity of the entire thing. Yes, and also when I see that they show photos of classrooms right. in the community, right. to me that's the most heartbreaking. That they'll show four, five, six, seven-year-olds, uh, Sidurim plays. Um, you know. And it's just the boys' schools. And what kind of message are we sending our precious little girls? We say, but are we poisoning and twisting that pasuk by sheltering them completely? Yeah. By sheltering them from the public eye completely? 
like you said, I think that it's, you know, just a breeding ground for them feeling objectified and disenchanted with our with our beautiful heritage. Two boys or a boy and a girl? Two boys. I'm still not Yotze, my Puru requirement. <laughs> is that something that you've discussed with your audience? Or you've you've saved that for <laughs> this us? This is the first time. <laughs> this is the first time you've mentioned it. Would you like to have a daughter? Um, because I, it would pose certain challenges, you know. It definitely would. Uh, <laughs> it would pose challenges. You know, um, I'm the only girl of three boys. Ah. So uh, I'm comfortable being in an old, like an only where boy are family. You, where are you among the three I'm brothers? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest and then yeah. you have three brothers. Three younger oh, brothers. That must be interesting. I loved it. I loved it. You should know everyone was like, oh, don't you want a sister? And I'm like, if my mother has a girl, I'm out of here. <laughs> My daughters might say that boys are more exciting to grow up with than girls. They might say that. I don't know. You know. I don't know. I guess that's how he raised them. Right. Interesting. Uh, Well, it's been uh, a very interesting encounter. I'm so happy. I really loved it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Flopbush girl. uh, Oh, we should go through everything. You are on Facebook. It's not just Instagram. You are on Facebook. People will find you if they search Flopbush girl. On Instagram, what should they do? Flopbush girl. Flopbush girl. On Twitter. Twitter, Flappish Girl, Flappish underscore girl. Anything else we need to know? Or? Well, you can go check out my website, voteflappishgirl.com. Voteflappishgirl.com. Yes, you'll be able to read more about you know my platform and the things I stand for. Um, and that's really it. Who helped you write the platform? Write the platform? Yeah, or you did it yourself? Um, I think myself, just looking at the observations, you right. know, what other people were saying. I was saying the opposite. And I have to, uh, you, anything people said, you would, you would automatically just say the opposite. I have to thank uh, one of our uh, associate producers, Yosef Siegel, for setting this conversation yes, up. I met him. You met him on I the political you. scene out there in Brooklyn. He also, I believe, has not tossed in an endorsement for you yet. I'm going to see if I can change that. But uh, <laughs> we, we got to get somebody out there. We got to get somebody on the Brooklyn you know what? political scene. It's funny. I think that's what makes me similar to like Ruchi Fryer and other people who have persevered. The less endorsements and support I get, the more stronger I get. You know, we say we're a stubborn nation, right? And it, this is just motive. You're, you're a perfect example. I of that. am a perfect example. <laughs> I, like you know, the the less support I get, the more the more my resolve gets that I need to show my audience what it means to win against against having no support. So it would be helpful for you if I didn't. Endorse yes, please you do support. not get me an endorsement. That will ruin the narrative. Right. Even, even if I would endorse you, that would be bad. So I won't say a word. <laughs> Uh, Adina Sash is the name you're looking for if you're in the 45th district in Brooklyn, New York. It's September the 13th. We'll remind you as we get closer. And finally, what does your day look like today? Will this be a typical Tuesday? Will it be a summer Tuesday? How would you de- how would you describe the Flatbush girl uh, next uh, 12 hours or so? Knocking on doors, um, connecting with the members of the community, and. That's just basically it. We're in campaigning so you, mode. I was just saying, you're in full political mode? Full, full, full blown campaigning Til mode. Till September yes. 13th? Yes. I mean, it, it'll be a shock if people even see any of your updates. There, there won't be anything between now and the 13th. Well, no, I document along the I way. <laughs> I know, and I'm sure people find it a lot of fun to follow it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. And my daughters do send special regards. One is in Camp Misora. Okay. And one is in Israel. Let's make a little video for her that you could WhatsApp to her. I would like to do that because Absolutely. They, I think they're devastated that this was the day we decided to Absolutely. bring you here. Absolutely. And you'll tell me her username so I could see the conversations I've had with her. There you go. Thank you. All right. Flatbush Girl on a historic Tuesday morning here at JM in the AM. I thank those of you who have been watching on Facebook Live. We continue with great music and plenty more. Coming up, this is JM in the AM.
Avram Freed with Achim Benefesh. Simcha Liner before that with Vatamar. I want to thank Flopush Girl for joining us here this morning. And this is Stark Encounter here at JMNAM. Uh, Jeremy Newberger is with us live via telephone. He is one of the producers and directors of Heading Home, the tale of Team Israel. I saw the movie Sunday night in a theater. Um, not on my phone. <laughs> I got the full effect. So in a the theater and tonight at the JCC of Manhattan, I cannot recommend it highly enough tonight at the JCC of Manhattan. They have two shows. I wish there were more. I wish there were more dates and stuff in this area, but we'll ask Jeremy about that in a minute. Uh, you can go to the JCC of Manhattan on Amsterdam Avenue and 76th street, the showing tonight at five 30. And then there's another showing at seven 30. So there's a five 30 showing. And then a 7.30 showing. By the way, there's a 16 handles right across the street from the JCC in Manhattan. So that makes for a great uh, capper to the evening uh, once the uh, ninth inning of the movie has ended. And uh, again, I wish there were more showings. But try to get there tonight, everybody. 5.30 or 7.30 at the JCC of Manhattan for heading home the tale of Team Israel. Jeremy Newberger, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. You know what I regret? I reg- what do you regret? I regret that um, when I had Ike Davis on the air, you remember a few months ago when I had Ike Davis on the air, 
Um, yeah. I, I sort of treated him because I wasn't, I, you know, you're never quite sure how, you know, how deeply the players got into the whole experience. So I, you know, he, he had all the right answers, of course, you know what it's like to interact with the Jewish kids and, you know, be in cities that have Jews who invite you to all the bar mitzvahs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he handled it very well. You know, you know him, he's a really good guy. And if I would have only have known then, and that's why we have to invite him back, if I would have only have known then, then the type of inspiration that the players got from this entire experience, I would have treated that conversation so differently. I mean, the guys that you featured in that film, and boy, you and your colleagues captured it so beautifully. They they not only you know discovered their Jewish identity, they became representatives of the Jewish world, and they got the whole thing. They totally got the whole concept. And I know part of it is you know the sincerity behind what happened during that run, but part of it, frankly, is that you guys captured it so beautifully. So congratulations, a grand slam, Jeremy Newberger, an absolute <laughs> grand. Well, so I gave I gave it four four total bases, a grand slam. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, well, first off, thank you for that. What an endorsement! But seeing uh, Nachum Siegel in the audience, uh, <laughs> that alone was like a, you know, a personal high. So I'm very grateful, you guys. You brought the whole mishpucha. You guys came out, and uh, you know, it's the closest thing to a baseball game. This movie, look, that I think we, you can see in a theater. We had a blast. I have an amazing photo with the mensch on the bench, but. But in, and I and by the way I I messaged Corey Decker last night I, I hope he gets back Cody. to me uh, Cody Cody Decker I hope he gets yeah. back to me because I look the the personality every one of them did the whole Jewish angle you know differently but so beautifully so yeah. beautifully Cody's case the the family and the tradition the story he told about I think it was him the story he told about being excluded because he was a Jew from certain things you know years ago and how how right. people made him feel because he was Jewish and and Zide and and Fryman and and Davis I mean you know Davis comes to Israel and, and the rest of the team's making fun of him that he's like you know a rock star there and, you know who'd expect kids in Israel team <laughs> and they and I, I was commenting that the kids had baseball cards of him in Israel that they brought to get signed I mean look the whole thing the whole look the only thing missing from the movie i don't know if you saw my message yesterday on facebook the only thing missing from the movie was the footage of me throwing out the first pitch in brooklyn that's the right. only that's the right, only right, right. <laughs> yes i'm sorry i regret sometimes hard decisions are made in the edit room <laughs> let me tell you this let me tell you this uh you're you're expressing exactly how it felt as a witness of this you know moment in time this moment in sports history this moment in sort of Jewish culture meeting sports history, but it was extremely surreal to first travel with these guys to Israel and witness the, you know, the glory that is the Holy Land, uh, and them kind of congealing this connection, coming together with Israel and why they're representing Israel on the world stage, just witnessing all that. The surreal part is then, as they start winning, and we're kind of following them and interacting with them, it's hard not to sort of, you know, in a down moment off camera, say to Josh Zide or Cody Decker, hey, you know, this is something that's like a lot bigger than right now. Like, th you're going to be, you know, like you know, Mark Spitz or someone, kids are going to come up to you for till your dying day remembering this series. The, mar uh, the, the, mar the Mark kind of realize that or be aware of that at the, in the moment. The Mark, um, the Mark Spitz. Filmmakers kind of, fanboying and appreciating what was happening, it was 
you know, exactly what we were thinking. The Mark Spitz uh, comparison. The Mark Spitz comparison is a brilliant one. And those who don't know who Mark Spitz was, Google it now. And you'll see, because everybody in the early 70s who was a Jewish kid, you know, admired Mark Spitz and what he stood for. And just being a regular American Jewish kid from California, that's all he was. It wasn't like, you know, he wasn't Tal Brody, he wasn't Sandy Koufax. He was Mark Spitz, a kid from California who, you know, did so well in the Olympics and gave us a tremendous amount of Jewish pride. And I think that's a really, really good comparison. Um, Jeremy Newberg is with us. The film is brilliant. Heading home, The Tale of Team Israel. If you have a chance tonight, everybody, JCC of Manhattan Amsterdam Avenue, 76th Street in New York, uh, 5.30 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. Tell me about the run. Will we get more showings? <laughs> will we? Will, will people in this audience get an opportunity to see this? Well, how's it going to work? Absolutely. Uh, you know, in the film business, it's almost like uh, baseball. You have to go through uh, spring training before you get to the majors. So we put the film out in these kind of limited engagements, in New York and in other big cities and see how audiences, you know, react and come to theaters and then use that to show the theater chains and owners, hey, look, we can pull an audience in with our film. And so far we're, we're proving that, you know, time and time again. So I think the plan for us is going theatrical uh, and that way a bigger, you know, section of your audience will be able to go to theaters and see this. And I think that we're right now targeting the fall for that. So th this is just a taste uh, the full meal is coming, but that that's what we're up to. All right, so in September, October, it's very possible there'll be a real run in New York City. Yes, absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. I mean, the theater owner at the Manhattan JCC, after we had our premiere there uh, a month or two ago, he suggested, hey, you should come back and do a, a limited run here because that one was a sold-out show. You yeah. know, So I, I think people really want to see this. Uh, I'm getting a lot of pressure, you know, on social media from people who just wanted already to, you know, put it, you know, in their wrap it for Hanukkah. Yeah. But we have to do things smart, and we want to we want to put it in theaters. We want the biggest audience possible to see it. And how did it do last night? Was there a nice crowd? Oh yeah, I mean, the three screenings on Sunday were all full. Yesterday was a great crowd, full oh, crowd. I mean, it's just it's one of these feel good things uh, where the audience is cheering and and shouting like they're at the series again. And it's just funny to sit outside the theater listening to the cheers and the laughs. Um, it's, you know, not usually the reaction to a documentary. But this <laughs> one has kind of a, a Rocky Horror Picture Show feel to it. Yeah, I think people were angry at me for cheering too much, frankly. But, but you know, <laughs> and then on top of that, I see Josh Halleckman is in it, and Jordy Alter, who's partly responsible for my career, is in it. You know, like all these people that you know end up being in the movie, right. and it's really, really cool. Um, and by the way, you know, the, the scene with the reading of the McGillis Esther, because one of the game, yeah. you know, the final game was on Purim, uh, and the way the way you intertwined the sound of the reading of the Megillah with the game, because we know what the Megillah is all about. It's about the, the Jews becoming victorious, and frankly, right. and frankly, even though they lost that game, I thought it was so appropriate that the Megillah was in the background because it was a major victory. It was a massive victory for the Jewish people, even though they lost that game and were eliminated. So I thought that was a yeah. really good message. Well, I. We appreciate you for noticing that. I mean, that is uh, Dan Miller, the writer of my film, uh, his genius. And, you know, when we went into this film, we put all our yarmulkes in. Uh, we were all in. We said, we are making a Jewish film. Uh, we're going to express our, you know, years of loving Israel. And this is our first Jewish film, and we are just going to, we're not holding back in any way. Yeah. So, you know. You want a Megillah reading? It's in, you know? Amazing, amazing. <laughs> you and, want and, a Hatikva? It's in. And, so we, and, went, we went the full 
respectful way. And and really, aside from a tikva, if people regard it that way, the, it's really the only ritual uh, in in the movie. You know, like I was wondering if when they got to the hotel, if somebody would approach the players to put on tefillin, you know, things like that. The only really real, besides Kaddish, I guess, the only ritual right. really shown is the Megillah, which I thought was fascinating. That and, and that leads to a different point, which I'm going to get to in a minute. I just have to tell you, I have to interject, because I've been saying this for, for months, since the night I was in Brooklyn. I'm talking about a year ago that we were in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. When they took, excuse me, when they took off their caps in Brooklyn for the national anthem and had Kipot underneath, which they did not have to do, frankly. That they and that to me was an unbelievable. Whoever thought of that was brilliant. That the team would go ahead and not just represent Israel, but would represent the Jewish people in that way. And it was a tremendous hit, and not just a hit for the fans in Brooklyn who loved it, but the impression that it made on everybody was incredible. I was so glad you got one of those in the movie. That you got one of those, you know, uh, national anthem scenes in the movie with the key put under the caps. It wasn't easy, but we had it. It's amazing. <laughs> we were sort of navigating, you know, difficult shooting circumstances because everyone's very protective of, you know, right. sports franchises and, and stadiums and security. And But we, we had to get all these moments in. I mean, that's a moment that will forever be emblazoned in the memories of people who watch oh. this series and see this film. It's just a, a real connection to to for diaspora Jews, I think, yep. uh, you know, which is most of the team, yep. uh, to Israel and to Judaism. And lastly, I, I you may be the wrong guy to discuss this with, and you'll know what I mean in a minute. But I, I want to make the following observation. The um, the player, I, was it Zide? I think it was Zide who said that Kofax, you know, did what he did 50 years ago, and now we can be the Kofaxes of the of the community. Oh, that was uh, Jeremy Bleich said it was that Bleich, at the end okay. of the film. So Jeremy yeah. Bleich says a very powerful statement, in my opinion. We could be the Kofaxes for the next three generations, you know, as kids and adults look back at this experience, right? Which I thought was right. a, a great point and an interesting point. But I was saying to myself afterwards, you know, it's funny. The, the Kofax move, what he did, was ritual Judaism. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. He went ahead and he, 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 he uh, publicly went ahead and performed the most important ritual in our tradition, which is not to be active on Yom Kippur, right? One would, right. One would argue the, mo- the most symbolic thing ritually of the Jewish people, right? The holiest day, the thing that 95% of Israelis do, etc., etc., etc. But he, Bleich, makes this point, and I say to myself, you know, they're not really Kofax. It's not like they're out there doing something ritualistically Jewish. What they're doing is showing the pride and spirituality and inspiration of Jewish nationhood. It's different to me than ritual Judaism. It was national Judaism that this team was showing everybody. And I think in this era, 70 years of the state of Israel, so different for Jews around the world because we have the state, because we have an Israeli army. It's so different now, you know, in most places, you know, uh, observing Judaism because of what we what the Jewish people have become centered in Israel of course i thought that that was that that was the um to me the difference that this team you know as opposed to Kofax, took it upon themselves to to galvanize a nation uh with their effort and i and i was wondering if you again you may not be the right person to speak to about this i'm not sure but i was wondering if you had a comment about all that i do my comment would be this i think you're 100% right in the sort of difference between Kofax and this team let me add a little bit of food for thought. The point that Bleich makes also allows for people to think of Jews as athletes. Yeah. And let's say Kofax, he opened up the minds of the world that, this, the, that there are ritual practices of Jews and it's important to us and it's our identity. 
what Blythe is saying is we're a bunch of athletes, Jewish athletes, who can show that we accomplish something, that we can beat others. And, you know, the stigma that Jews are not athletes is something that's, you know, almost like a, a joke at this point. So I think he's taking a different stand, that not only do we have Torah and our rituals, but we also can compete in this world as athletes <laughs> and show strength. And I think that's what I was kind of taking away from Bleich's statement as well. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. It's called Heading Home, The Tale of Team Israel. See it tonight, 5.30 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. at the JCC of Manhattan. That's Amsterdam Avenue and 76th Street. And believe me, once Jeremy and his team make us aware of where else you could see this film, we will let you know. That I can guarantee you. Uh, it, I'm highly recommending it, everybody. I'm calling it a grand slam for good reason. Uh, those of you who know me for these 35 years, you know, speaking to this audience, uh, you know the type of the, the types of things I like when it comes to promoting Judaism. And this team and this film do just that. If you are some of my friends in the more insulated communities of the Jewish world. Uh, and you're listening to this and you want to go to this movie, open up your minds. Realize that these gentlemen do not come from homes where they say Moda'ani each morning and do not come from homes that light Shabbos candles, and yet they went ahead and incorporated Jewish tradition and Jewish life into their own lives as they, as they experienced all of this, and it's remarkable to watch. Jeremy, I thank you. Congratulations. Let us know. Let us know whenever it's showing anywhere. I want to get as many people as possible to see it. Thank you so much, and I'll be there today for whoever comes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you can meet Jeremy and his team, 5.30 today and 7.30 today, JCC of Manhattan, 76th Amsterdam Avenue. The uh, film is called Heading Home, The Tale of Team Israel. Jeremy Newberger, thank you so much, and uh, be in touch, please. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Tuesday morning broadcast as we continue at JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web, NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. I want to thank all of our guests this morning. I want to thank Yoni Pollock for uh, being behind the camera for our Facebook Live video. You can catch our conversation with Flatbush Girl uh, either on our archive, which will be up soon, NachumSegal.com, and of course on the NSN app. Uh, or by going to Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. I'm sure we'll be boosting that video, and hopefully it'll be in your uh, news feed, uh, even if you're not looking for it. Yeah, how do you like that? Just click on it and enjoy. Uh, tomorrow we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Plenty more coming up today. Of course, JM Rewind featuring Shimon Kramer and that amazing visit that we had last week. He is next. Shim Kramer is next here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And then Avrami will have the live lunch Coming to you from Aretz, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.